Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Tsunami Sushi in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. Sometimes the best business ideas are hereditary, and I don't mean family businesses. Every family has a secret sauce or skill. Maybe they've all got a green thumb or a gift for gab. But turning the family tradition into a business may not be so easy unless you've inherited the entrepreneurial gene. That's because everyone is trying to sell the family recipe these days, especially in Acadiana, where every last name seems to have a seasoning blend. But not every spice entrepreneur knows Krav Maga, like my guest Keisha Formica. Keisha is maybe best known for Kitchen Bravo, her online cooking and recipe brand. Started as a hobby, a way to share her love of cooking with the World Wide Web, but it's also become a vehicle to sell gunpowder spice, based on a blend developed by her grandfather, who was an avid game hunter. The product has been a family staple for decades, but it was Keisha who brought it to market in 2022, packaging it in a bottle shaped like a shotgun shell and a pair of dueling pistols, all of it a nod to her grandfather's love of hunting. Keisha is from the Lafayette area and also teaches Krav Maga. Keisha Formica, welcome to Out to Lunch. Hi, thank you. If you pick up a product by Bees Bayou Skincare, you're buying a little homage to Arielle Brown's grandmother, Beatrice. Beatrice was an herbalist and an entrepreneur in her own right, known for her legendary pies. When Arielle began making skin products, she turned to her grandmother's gift for horticulture to, for inspiration. The result, a line of creams, serums, and solutions made with Louisiana plants like saw palmetto, blue-green algae, sassafras, nettle, and sugarcane. Her flagship product, Good Biome Scalp Relief Solution, was developed as a salve for her own skin issues. And the solution took off on Etsy and spurred Arielle to expand her product line. Ariel has turned that concept into a successful formula, winning thousands in funding from pitch competitions like Fund Black Founders and the Essence and Avino Skin Health Pitch. Ariel is also a social worker and real estate agent and grew up in Lafayette. Ariel Brown, welcome to Out to Watch. Thank you for having me. So, Keisha, as you well know, the seasoning market is very crowded, right? Yes. People go to specialty stores, you see a whole thing out there, right? But I mean, I'm sure you kind of had a sense that your spice had something different. I mean, what in your mind? was it that would differentiate it from its competitors for lack of a better word you know that's a great question the i mean the spice market is very saturated but what a lot of people are missing essentially is the actual flavor of their food and the flavor of the spice huh. where when you want more seasoning on your food a lot of times when you go for more of the popular brands you add more of their product on your food you just basically kill it with salt you know, so then you just like, you get more spice, but you also get a lot more salt and you end up just, you know, your dish is not what you thought it was going to be. This gives a much greater depth of flavor without using quite as much salt. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you describe, I mean, look, we're on radio here, which always makes talking <laughs> about food hard. I mean, describe for us, like, the flavor profile. I mean, people have a general sense of what Cajun and Creole seasoning tastes like. Right. But, I mean... Walk us through it. I mean, what's the blend? Don't give away any secrets unless you want to. I mean, but but what is what's the flavor here? So the flavor profile, there's red pepper, there's black pepper in it, there's a little bit of granulated garlic, and there's not a whole lot of salt, but huh. the heat of it comes at the back end where whenever you take that first bite, you taste the seasoning, you still taste the food you're eating. Um, you know, this was primarily brought out during hunting season for deer sausage making, and 
so the flavor of it actually works well with a lot of wild game and that works really well with the domestic animals too with beef and chicken and fish and popcorn and watermelon and literally <laughs> everything but good. <laughs> it's very good it's different and it gives food like a just a depth of flavor like a little bit more of an umami kind of flavor to it with the heat coming on the back end so you're not burning it with the typical Cajun idea of what people think Cajun spice is and you're not oversalting your food even though you might put more seasoning on it. Yeah so Ariel I think a lot of folks right can kind of quickly even in a radio environment kind of conceptualize a food product and say like all right well I kind of know what red pepper is going to do to my tongue. It's like one, one thing to kind of convince somebody to sort of try a spice that they never had maybe a different total you know uh marketing play to say well try this skincare product that I developed right. right you know and like people might have other concerns about how that goes so you know, talk to me a little bit about how you bring that to market I mean how do you convince a customer who might have a relationship right to a very specific a thing that they swear by some well-known mm -hmm. skincare product like, how do you like kind of get in there and say no you should try what I do instead um well what we're we're really focusing on eczema related problems okay. and so the number of people who have eczema or who have itchy skin itchy scalp flare-ups they really understand how niche that is and so most people like myself are willing to try something new if it means that it's going to solve a big problem for them and what we're doing that's really special and you mentioned a little bit about it is not only blending some of the Bayou Botanicals that we love and we know regionally, but we're blending that with like probiotic extracts, which is something really unique and different for scalp care. We see it in skincare a little bit more um, as it's becoming a little bit more popular when we talk about the skin barrier and the microbiome, but people don't really hear about that when it comes to scalp care specifically. So when I mentioned my own personal issues with seborrheic dermatitis, what it was doing to my scalp over 20 some years, I share my personal story, I share some of the cool ingredients, like some that you shared, people are intrigued. Yep. Um, and they know that, oh, that sounds interesting, and you're doing what with probiotics? Tell me more. Yeah. So that's kind of been my way to um, share my story and get more people interested is just trying to be relatable to yes. my own problems. So, so it's kind of a niche product, right? Yeah. And, and, and you're saying the customers here, they, they, this is kind of how they shop. They're used to sort mm -hmm. of saying like, hey, I'm miserable. I'll try anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> Basically, yes. Okay. And yeah. when you find, I mean, I appreciate the consumer who finds the brand that they just love and yeah. they're loyal to it. I know I have my certain staples in my hair and skincare routine yeah. that I'm not going to ever not buy, but you can always try more than one shampoo. You can always have more than one face serum. Yeah. You might have something you use in the daytime versus the nighttime or winter versus summer. So I think there's always opportunity in there to find um, a gap for that customer and try to fill it. Hmm. So. Um Keisha, I mean, we, we've talked a little bit about kind of the, the product that you sell and, 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 and what's, you know, kind of how you think it fits into the broader market, but you're, you know, you're putting yourself out there too, right? You've got a, you know, a, a cooking series, you go online, you can come and see it. So are you thinking about it in terms of like, here I want people to learn how to cook the way I cook? Are you primarily looking at that as a vehicle to kind of show people how this particular spice blend uh, fits into their, you know, to their kitchen or their cupboard? 
uh, yes to all of it. <laughs> I love a good yes Absolutely. to it. Absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the cooking series actually started because I have two adult children now, and neither of them wanted to learn how to cook whenever they were living at home. They're like, no, 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 Mom, I can live on mac and cheese and hot dogs. I'm good. And I'm thinking... You really can't. You, know? <laughs> you really no, shouldn't. <laughs> exactly. It's like there's a lot more out there mm -hmm. than just mac and cheese and hot dog. And they're like, yeah, but this is the easiest and I know how to make it. So I'm good. I can live, right? I've got starch and protein and dairy. We're good. I'm like, mm -hmm. no. Yeah. So, and ironically now, my daughter is living with her boyfriend and she's like, mom, look at this. And she'll take pictures of it, like dishes that she's cooking and sending it to me. And that, so that's how it started. And she says, do you have a recipe for this? I'm like, well, look up YouTube. I made that video on here and that way you can reference it you can go back and see and then while I was making that series my grandfather gave me some of the spice blend to work with and see how that incorporated in the dishes and how I could use it if it was just something specifically that he thought of keeping for deer and didn't think it would work for anything else but he never tried it on anything right, else right you know and now, <laughs> now when I I look at Samantha and I'll look at her, my daughter, and I'll say, well, how did you season this? What did you use? And she'll name like a popular name brand of seasoning. And I'm like, yeah, really? You have four cans of my seasoning in your cabinet. She's like, yeah, I know. There's none of the other stuff in here, Mom. I have to mess with you. <laughs> but what I love doing is I love I love cooking. I love feeding people. It's a community thing. You know, it's that's how you really reach people, and that's how they know who you are and how you are. It's like the, your genuineness and your sincerity always comes out in your food. And that's why I love doing like the samplings over at Fresh Pickens and any market, you know, that'll carry the seasoning because yeah, this could be another can up on the shelf next to a bunch of others and people won't know it until they get to try it. And when they try it, they meet you and they try the product and they like it and they see how different it is. And then they, it just kind of all circles back into the series and the spice and the marketing of it. So. Have you tried to actually monetize the, you know, Kitchen Bravo brand itself, like to say like, hey, I'm selling, you know, people often talk about it in these terms, right? Like a lifestyle brand, or mm -hmm. I am selling, you know, my status as an influencer, right? I mean, is that something that you've considered or that you're trying to do with that? It's something, it's something that's crossed my mind, something I've been encouraged to do, but I'm still kind of a little bit shy coming out yeah. there, you know, making more videos and such, but. I, I gotta say, I mean, mixing that with martial arts might be a hook that I haven't, I haven't <laughs> that seen out there. That is pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Especially like, wait, like, I think a lot of people like know like, there's a jiu-jitsu place down the street. I don't know of a Krav Maga studio downtown. So maybe, right? maybe that's, maybe that's your hook. Um, <laughs> and Ariel, I mean. It's it, a cool you know, idea. <laughs> you, you do often see it. I, I know that, you, you know, you've been very clear that like your product isn't necessarily just cosmetic, right? Like it's trying to solve a specific problem for, for look, it affects a lot of people. It's not that yeah. niche, but. You do often see in cosmetics and skincare products, there is sort of that lifestyle brand type element. And is mm -hmm. that part of your marketing strategy? Do you try to sell yourself in a sense or, or mm -hmm. you know, how to use the products on Instagram, you know, that kind of thing? Yes, but I am not like the biggest uh, influencer focused. I'm trying to do better at it, actually, because... Sure. I know the potential of the audience you can reach yeah. when you really put yourself out there consistently, consistently. Yeah. And also finding, um, like doing partnerships with other brands that align, like whether they're natural food products that we can do a partnership with or other hair care uh, accessory brands and we can do partnerships with. I find that to feel more authentic to me um, or just sharing like, hey, I used the shampoo today and this is the routine that I had. 
um, and not really trying to make it salesy because it's just not innate to me to be like salesy. I'm trying to do better at that because I'm sure that's a good part of being a business it's owner. It's part of selling, yeah, sell. yeah, selling the thing, yeah. Um, so I'm trying to yeah. find that right balance. And then one of the goals that we have down the road is to become dermatologist tested and things like that and yeah. reach professionals. And so I think those types of partnerships with dermatologists and um, beauticians, estheticians, that feels more authentic and our audience really cares about um, the validation of the products beyond just hearing it from me, the founder, or reading some reviews online. That's great, but we really want to go the extra mile. Mm -hmm. And so I think those influencers are really the folks that our customers want to hear from more than just like the everyday beauty influencer. Though those are great too, but in terms of business, they don't always result in a huge influx of sales or a huge influx of followers because people are still nowadays, they're like, well, we know this whole influencer brand thing. Are you really invested in this brand? Or they're, they're still not completely invested. So Right, like there's a sense of people are getting hip to that yeah. style of marketing, and so it feels less... Authentic, sure. yeah. So that's kind of the, the way I'm going about it now. But yes, I always am trying to do better at social media and putting myself out there. <laughs> You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Ariel Brown of Bees Bayou Skincare and Keisha Formica of Kitchen Bravo and Gunpowder Spice. We'll be right back after this break. Support for Out to Lunch at Katiana comes from Adita Corporate Staffing, Basics Swim and Gym, and Basics Underneath Fine Lingerie, Camellia Productions Marketing Consulting, Corette Leadership Lab, Communication and Conflict Resolution, Feigley Communications, Full Service Marketing, Gamble PR, HR NOLA, Infinite Health Integrative Medicine Center, Lolo's Youth Yoga and Art Studio, Michelle Weighing and Measurement, Calibration Services and Measurement Equipment since 1947, New Orleans Ice Cream, available in select grocery stores, New Orleans Investment Conference, November 1st through 4th, Noki, New Orleans Culinary and Hospitality Institute, Rev Realtors, The Idea Village, The Scout Guide Baton Rouge, and The Scout Guide New Orleans. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mader. I'm talking to Ariel Brown of Bees Bayou Skincare and Keisha Formica of Kitchen Bravo and Gunpowder Spice. Um, so, uh, look at this, so kind of switching gears a little bit, because I think something that you both would, would be able to speak to a little bit is the manufacturing side of what you do, right? So, so I mean, often, you know, Keisha, you know, with, with seasoning blends, right, you kind of offload that to a manufacturer, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've talked to other folks very surprised to learn that, you know, maybe the version that you made at home, right, with a certain ratio of red pepper or black pepper, once you kind of scale that up to commercial grade, Uh it doesn't necessarily work that way. So talk to us a little bit about, you know, your experience sort of trying to take what was a homespun product and turn it into something you're going to sell large quantities of and have to do quality control around. Right, right. And, um... I like to keep you know the business locally, so we do have it co-packaged at Annapolis's facility over at Targill. Oh, cool. Um, but this was, and I'm fortunate enough, and I will admit, I actually didn't help have a hand in making this recipe. My grandfather started this just a few years before I was born. Wow. But it took him a long time to actually get the ratios right and get it done, and you know to the to the level that he liked and the level that was very popular. So once he figured that out, he brought it to Targill for mass, you know, for mass production for deer season essentially but by the time he also got the ratios right he had enough seasoning in one recipe to season 50 pounds of meat so it's like you just keep adding and adding and adding until it tastes right so i'm fortunate enough to know that that's that's where 
that's kind of where the research and development comes into. That's where the fun play start is. Yeah. But it's it's a little bit more challenging. But once you have that central, that master bulk recipe, initially can just go from there. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I mean, Keisha, kind of similar question. I mean, part of what you're doing, right, is you're taking for a niche audience a niche product. I mean, I. I Algae seems like something that I could grow pretty readily, but maybe not everything else, right? I mean, is, is product... I don't. I honestly don't know how I would do I that. I, I, had a, I had a fish tank at my kids in a... Uh, that's what I was thinking in my head when like, you said it. And I was like, oh, no, not yeah. that algae, no. Uh, not, yeah. Well, that's maybe the point, right? I mean, so, so, so but talk to me a little bit about the sourcing. I mean, it, it would seem like very interesting selling point, right? People are genuinely, I think, turning to the idea that... Sort of, you know, native plants and things like that have a have a place in in their lives, but they're not necessarily always that readily available or at a commercial right. scale. So, so how are you managing that? So the great part about it is, so I started in a similar fashion, but it wasn't a recipe that my grandmother necessarily had. Um, it was really just that inspiration of okay, I know this lady always used herbs, and everything had a really uh, potent scent, and like it was medicinal in a way, right? And so when I was DIYing and putting stuff together, I was thinking of scent. I was thinking of uh, effectiveness and benefits and also how to tie that to my roots because it also makes you feel more inspired when you're tied to what you're doing in that kind of way, generationally yeah. like that. Yeah. So I purposefully was like, no, if I put her name or if I put her face on this, it will hold me accountable to do the best I can do. Um, and then when it came to sourcing the ingredients, when I first started, a lot of it was like essential oils and things like that. And thankfully, I could go on Amazon and I could find those ingredients. But when it came to things like sassafras, I got lucky. I ran into this amazing chemist at a, a trade show in Las Vegas called Cosmoprof. And she came to my booth and she was smelling everything. And she's like, oh, this smells amazing. And, and she, she picked up on the herbalness of it. And she's like, let's do something together. And I was telling her, okay, well, I'm having issues sourcing sassafras. I really want to use, a, use sassafras in a scout mask. This is what my vision is. And she already knew, like, oh, I know exactly where I can go to source this. Um, I've had to do some sourcing myself, like so for some of the probiotic extracts. Um, some of the, like the coral bean, which is something I'm going to use in the future. I had to go source myself from other countries because they have it in enough quantity for cosmetic use. Um, I have even called cousins about some of the herbs that are growing in their like farms and backyards and like, hey, how much Monglier exactly do you have? But again, it has to be a certain grade for cosmetics. Right. So I've, I'm actually in the process of figuring out if I can locally source those seeds, send them to a lab that can actually make enough of it, um, which sounds fun. It's a lot of work, but it's, it's fun. And that's whole cycle. I mean, if you're actually out there, like, picking the herbs and saying, like, right? how do we get it? It's that's, so fun. That's, that's, that's a lot of work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Keisha, I, it sounds to me that you're doing quite a lot of work yourself, right? I mean, you're, you're, you're doing demos. You're getting out there. I mean, have, have you gotten to a point? Or are you trying to work to a point where you would have sort of more of a marketing team around the spice or, or, or maybe the website overall? Um, it's, you know, it's a very competitive market. I mean, the spice market is just, it's saturated, it really is. And distributors now, unfortunately, are not even considering taking on any more spice blends like to bring into supermarkets because everybody, like you said, everybody's got their own spice blend. Everybody's got their own recipe. So the best way that I can do this and that I'm really happy to do is to um, just get out there and like people aren't going to know it if they can't taste it. So I'm always doing samples and tastings and things like that and just talking to people about it. 
there were, my, to back up a little bit, my grandfather actually had a business for maybe 35 or 40 years or so here, you know, in Lafayette. So all of his employees, they all got together and did the deer hunts and the seasons and the um, the sausage making with them. So they're already familiar with the spice. So even though the business closed many years ago, I've reached out to them, brought it up, and they're like, oh my God, yes, I remember that. And you have it on shelves, fantastic. So they're spreading word of mouth, their kids remember it, and things like that too. So that's got a little bit of a fan base already going. But the most important thing, people aren't going to know it if they can't taste it. Much like your product, they're not going to yeah. know how good it is until they try it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you, is there a, a, a way to market it more in a business to business type fashion, almost in the way that Ariel's doing? She, she's identified, right? Uh, salon owners and things like that. I mean, obviously, you'd be thinking grocery stores, but I'm also thinking like, I mean, there are specialty meat shops yeah. everywhere. I mean, there's an explosion yeah. of that stuff, right. especially in Acadiana. Like, you know, folks who had a spot in Eunice and now they got a place in Lafayette, right? Right. I mean, right. Is, is that an opportunity for you or is that just trickier to do? It's a little bit of both. It, it, I mean, it is a little bit trickier because most people, most companies like that, you know, they're very, they're, they like to hold their own spice blend. They like to use their own spice blend. They'll go ahead and give me shelf space and, you, you know, allow that, which is fantastic, but it's to get somebody to use it. So um, I'm reaching out to fellow uh, friends that I have, like chefs and cooks and things, you know, that can work in kitchens and give this an opportunity. It's like, hey, just try it. Let me try it. Let me know how you like it. See if it works for you. And you know, and then we can go from there. So yeah. this is still fairly new to the market. It hasn't been on shelves for quite a year yet. So I'm still getting that amp up for it. You know, so we're, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Instagram, more so TikTok and YouTube and such. But again, with the whole influencer thing, I'm I'm too old to understand exactly how that works. Uh, I think that the trick is you just go really fast. I think that's the, from what I could tell. You, you, you hold a tiny microphone with your hand, and then it, somehow there's this magic to that. People just, just listen to you. It's the editing, too. Oh People my gosh. are so good at it. And I'm like, who? how did you do that? But they get so All fast. the different... Yeah, sorry. Yeah. I'll tell you what. It's a lot. It's because right. what they're not doing is they're going out and picking sassafras, right? Well, <laughs> you have a point. You have a point. We all, we all have our priorities. So when, while we're like manufacturing the business, they're just they're just in a room and they're trying to figure out how to do it. I, I, I know this from That's experience. I mean, uh, so, Ariel, I mean, there, there is a medicinal quality to what you do. I mean, do, do you have to involve any sort of regulatory agencies in any of this? I mean, a lot of times you look at like, is it, or is it run more like a supplement where they're basically treating it almost like a food? I mean, talk to me a little bit That's about a the regulatory in, environment. In yeah, this so my goal is to get um, dermatologists tested. We okay. want to do patch testing for anti-inflammatory properties because we know most of the herbs and essential oils, they have anti-inflammatory properties. They've yeah. been studied. People know this. Um, the FDA just does not acknowledge that as a, you know, a, a medicine. Sure. Um, which is fine, but getting dermatologists tested and things like that will help us with product validation. I really don't make any medical claims. I tell my story. I share how the products have helped me. Our customers share their stories. A lot of them sometimes share their ailments, whether it's eczema, seborrheic dermatitis, psoriasis. And so I just share their reviews. I put them in quotations and I share their reviews so that we don't make any claims that we can't substantiate with a written out certificate from 
some type of certifying board. Um, and then we also want to get my, microbiome friendly certified. So the FDA does not, at the moment, um, recognize it. So you can say it if you know that your products are meant for that purpose. But uh, there are probably three certifying boards because it's so new in the cosmetic industry. There's only a few boards that will certify your products. And what they'll do is they'll test it to see how it affects the microbiome of the skin and that it's not disrupting the natural balance of the skin. And then they'll certify you. How long does that take? So as far as I know from my research, I think it's like a three to six month process. And then there's also stability testing, which is just a general thing in cosmetics that you want to see how, what is the shelf life of your products. Um, so we've done one stability test so far on our conditioner since we updated um, formulas last year into this year. Now that that's done, we'll be doing stability testing for those. So, um, Keisha, you talked about how you kind of had the recipe kind of bulked up. I mean, do you, meaning that you're kind of ready to go, right? You're kind of set to a commercial proportion and all that. But I mean, like, do you run into supply problems? I mean, is it... Is the recipe that complicated? Is there some ingredient that you kind of have to think about? Uh-oh, you know, there's a war in Ukraine, so I guess we're not going to be able to get, you know, uh, some sort of Hungarian paprika or something like that. I don't know. I mean, like, does that stuff happen, or is it all pretty well, you know, domesticated, for lack of a better word, where you, you can be pretty confident you get what you need? Absolutely. No, it's it's really very, uh, very easily found products. I mean, it's mostly local here. It's the red pepper, black pepper. It's the seasonings that we're used to here that we can be locally sourced. Yeah. So I'm not too concerned about... Um, the difficulty in getting products because there's nothing too exotic really. Yeah. It's just maybe a, a matter of production and having, uh, I don't know, well, I ran into an issue quite a few weeks ago where the labels weren't ready. They didn't have enough labels. So like you're talking about supply chain issues, they yeah. were running out of paper. To or when print they're printed up. wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, no, wait a second. No. Okay. <laughs> move on plan two here's the backup but no that's really so far thank you lord the only snag that we've hit so far yeah. is um you know just a backup in production but the fewer ingredients that we have the easier it would be to to mix together and to keep the recipe and that's what really keeps it keeps it good is you know too many products can overcomplicate things i'm sure you run into that yeah. too in your uh in your cream lines and things yeah. too yeah yeah, I mean, I think this is the reason why a lot of people don't turn the family product into a real thing. I mean, it's complicated to turn anything and get it onto shelves and sell it. And people, there are all sorts of steps that, um, you know, it's we a lot don't, of work. Yeah, before, <laughs> right. before we think about it, right. which is why it's always impressive to see people take the initiative to do it. And, and you know, it's, it's really great to see you guys doing it with such like joy in your hearts. Right. So yeah. uh, thanks for sharing that with us and out to lunch, Katie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Ariel Brown, founder of Bees Bayou Skincare, and Keisha Formica of Kitchen Bravo and Gunpowder Spice. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRBS. You can hear our unedited conversation and find out more about Bees Bayou Skincare and Gunpowder Spice by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know what we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our Out to Lunch Acadiana social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan, and you can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. 
Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRBS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producer is Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau, and I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of The Current, Lafayette's nonprofit newsroom. To get the scoop on Lafayette, head over to thecurrentla.com and sign up for our free newsletter. We'll see you next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. See you later. Out to Lunch Acadiana was recorded live over lunch at Tsunami Sushi on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette. Tsunami is open Tuesday through Saturday for lunch and dinner, serving sushi, sashimi, salads, and authentic Japanese grilled dishes. Tsunami welcomes casual dining or reservations. More information at servingsushi.com. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. And by Passion Lily, Fair Trade Fashion, 831 Charter Street, or PassionLily.com. And by MindCoach, professional coaching for the professional brain. More information at mind-coach.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at mitchellforeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 